Welcome to this Pennsylvania Policy Podcast. I'm your host, Chuck Nichols, with my co-host, Jason Gottesman. He is the spokesman for the House Republican Caucus, among other titles that he holds. Uh, Jason, let's jump right into this first one that we're doing here. The first thing we'd like to talk about really revolves around the governor, schools, parents, and the opinions of all of these groups of people on how to best get our society kind of back on its feet and starting with the base, our schools, getting our kids back to school, getting our parents back to a regular work schedule. What has been going on here lately that has made this so uneasy and such a big issue? Well, we hit the nail right on the head as we're getting uh, close to days within schools reopening. And in some cases, uh, some schools have reopened, especially non-public schools. I know in uh, the, the central part of the state have already opened and, and schools have begun in person. You know, we're really getting to, to the issues which you, which you laid out, which is, you know, how in this era of COVID-19 do we safely return uh, students back to, uh, back to their education? Because as we saw in the spring, Many school districts, traditional public schools, you know, are not equipped to uh, or have the training on an acute basis to provide education in an online model. So, you know, Leader Benninghoff, and it's the position of the Republican caucus by and large that, you know, in-person education is uh, is is best, and that's uh, that's backed up by uh, the Centers for Disease Control, uh, by the American Academy of Pediatrics, by a, a host of other groups who have said there are uh, societal and and educational impacts uh, negative of not having children uh, in school, in person, if that's what they so choose uh, to do and find their education model. So the, the question is, how do we do that safely? For months, school district leaders have been preparing, and non-public schools and charter schools that, that hold in-person classes have been trying to figure out how do we best reopen our schools to, to in-person education. One of the things that they've asked for is, is guidance from the administration, because they feel as though the plans that have been laid out are anything but clear, uh, and and frankly, some of the guidance they were looking for was, um, you know, what do we do about busing? What do we do uh, to make sure we have enough PPE on, on hand? How do we keep people safe uh, and apart from one another? Um, what kind of barriers do we need? What kind of classroom size should we have? What do we do if somebody has COVID nineteen? All of those things were asked for. Ultimately, what the administration ended up putting out uh, was a, a, a guidance on how, when to close your school, which is not what people were looking for. Um, the busing issue remains uh, very important, especially as traditional public schools go to an online model and are not providing busing services, but non-public schools and charter schools uh, that hold in-person classes, when, when they're moving to an in-person model, still need to have those bus services provided to them so their students can get to class. So. You know, how, how, what kind of guidance is going to come to make sure that those students can still get to their their uh, in person learning? And you know, in person learning is also important for families because it provides not only a sense of of normalcy, but uh, you know, parents for the last several months, not only during the normal summer break, but well back into the spring, have had to make the devastating decision between being you know full time uh, educators in the home or earning their living. It's it's uh, it's difficult uh, for, for many families. I know personally, it's something I've experienced in my house. It's something people across the Commonwealth experience. And as uh, schools have now, you know, right before the opening of school, decided to change uh, their model from either in-person or hybrid to an all-online model, um, you know, parents 
markets are very distressed. It's become a problem that they've not been able to plan on. So, um, you know, Chairman Sonny from the House Education Committee held a number of hearings about two weeks ago on reopening schools, where, again, this lack of guidance was something that we heard from school leaders and uh, those on the front lines of, of educating students during this pandemic. More hearings are continuing this week. Um, and, and all the while, there's more guys coming out from the administration or mandates, unilateral statewide mandates, again, without the input from the people's representatives in the General Assembly that uh, just, just just recently mandated masks be worn at all times after months of guidance uh, was, was on the book saying, if you're six feet apart, children don't need masks and school leaders have been uh, planning for that. So, um, you know, the, the School uh, Administrators Association said the Wolf administration keeps moving the sand under their feet as they're trying to make these plans and they just want some certainty and that's that's what they've been looking for. And again, you know, the, the administration has totally cut out the General Assembly in these discussions. They, they do not really care what we have to say, despite the fact that we have made entreaties to them to work together, tried to form a, a bipartisan um, House-Senate administration task force to work through these issues during this pandemic that was vetoed by the governor. Um, again, we've tried time after time after time to work with the governor in a constructive way, um, and then he's just making these unilateral decisions. And again, now that we're finding out more and more what he's doing, it's really been made without any data uh, to back them up. And and, uh, you know, just on the whims of of him and Secretary Levine. So uh, it's been very troubling. Well, and you you were mentioning that parents are just looking for some kind of stability. It's parents and students. One of the ways that you can find that is a private school, a charter school. And these have been, of course, blowing up. Parents are angry. Taxpayers are angry because they're paying for something that they don't feel like the they're being delivered. There's some anger at teachers for saying that they don't really want to be in the classroom. You know, what do we do about teachers that don't want to teach? And and finally, there is the issue that we don't have any distractions. We don't have sports. We don't have fall sports, or do we? Right. And and we just don't know. How do we address these issues? Do we promote more private schooling? Do we promote that? Do, what's the right hack in this time? Well, I think, you know, the, the way in which that uh, the the education reopening has, has happened, where when parents are searching for that normalcy, they have um, gone and looked at, uh, you know, these online models and um, cyber charter schools and uh, non-public schools that offer in-person education as they're finding out and they've had experience with these things uh, that have been forced upon them by uh, these, these statewide shutdowns. So you have a parent who whose student has always been in public school, maybe has struggled, and has been forced onto an online model and find that it works much better for them. Because going to school for eight hours a day is great for children uh, in many respects because it provides them, again, a schedule, provides uh, you know children who are at risk uh, two meals a day. They're in a safe place while they're at school. Uh, but for other children who uh, maybe get bullied or you know have problems with, uh, with, with attention issues or have some sort of uh, you know uh, intellectual disability or learning disability, they they have been struggling through the process of in-person education now been forced to go into an online model might find that it works much better for them so i know online charter schools have seen an increase in enrollment that they're trying to work through um, and this is really you know nothing that's been done officially it's just been done through the fact that you know we've moved to these online models during this pandemic and now that you know public schools are moving back towards some in-person education some parents are finding that doesn't work best for them but again it's 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 all about providing that return to normalcy and part of that as you mentioned is is the return to sports and i think many people were looking at the return to fall sports uh, as sort of the first step in you know, can we finally get back to some 
uh, form of what we find to be normal, and that that means you know some some just some of the creature comforts of of uh, things, and, that, and I think really it's highlighted that the 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 role that high school and local sports play in the lives of the community. The governor, quote unquote, strongly recommended not having fall sports. You know, when it, when the the governor uh, recommends something and then people go against it, it carries liability issues attached to that. Uh, and many PIAA members, as the PIAA have, has said, viewed that as a mandate for no other reason than not only the governor's past actions have been punitive against people who have gone against his mandates. What's the difference between a mandate and a strong recommendation? What's the difference between a recommendation and guidance? What's the difference between guidance and an order? Um, what's the difference between anything that he says when you know he has again shown Lebanon County that he's going to withhold federal dollars from those who need it to basically make sure that what he says has teeth? Because if it's not his way, apparently it's the highway and um, some some people are 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 concerned about that however uh, the governor said for months that s- school reopening decisions need to be made at the local level. Uh, that should also apply to sports. Uh, the PIAA uh, and their Sports Medicine Advisory Co- Committee developed a way in which sports uh, can can continue safely. That was made with with experts uh, from the PIAA and sports medicine um, to be able to, to make sure this is done in a safe way. Uh, for some reason, the governor, uh, apparently they didn't have any data. We know now from a right-to-know request to back up their quote-unquote strong recommendation that it's fall sports continue. And, you know, the more that the PIAA has tried to work with the governor's office, the more that they've uh, looked into this, the more that they realized that they were the ones who had it right all along. Um, they're meeting a, a later this week to make a final decision as a body as to whether they're going to okay fall sports. Um, but again, you know, some local leagues have decided that they don't want to continue, and that's that's on them. The Big Ten and Pac-12 have decided they don't want to play football, but three of the other Big Power Five conferences have said that they will. People point to the, the Big Ten and Pac-12 and say, look, they've not gone on with their sports, so why should PIAA? But there are other major football and, and, and college conferences that have. And again, there's a, a difference to be made between, uh, or a comparison rather, between the inconsistencies here from the administration. Because while they allow professional sports to continue, as much as they allowed mega retailers to remote, remain, remain open during the course of this pandemic, they're shutting down mom and pop shops. And they're also not allowing kids to go play the same sports, which, which they're saying it's okay for professional athletes to do. So, you know, the Eagle season is going to start you know, whether, whether, you know, unless they decide not to do it, the state has no problem with that. Um, however, you can't play high school football. That seems uh, incongruous. It seems, uh, it seems unfair to the children and parents. Uh, and, and it's really destroying opportunities for those uh, people who, 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 who are really looking for something outside of the classroom. And again, a return to normalcy. And just to, so folks can really think about it. I mean, think back to when you were in school. It's not just the kids playing football. It's not just the kids playing soccer. Or are actually participating in the sport. You have cheerleaders, you have bands, you have competitions of all sorts, you have the camaraderie that comes with supporting your peers and your classmates. There's so much that comes to this that is being sucked away that we really have to be careful that we don't overstep our bounds here. Really, you're 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 crushing the dreams of of, of children from from cheerleaders to to, uh, to members in the band. Uh, my my brother was uh, was a very active band member and found something inside of himself that he did not find in school. He became a, a leader in uh, in the band, and um, you know it really brought a quiet kid out of his shell, where he was able to then use his experience in the band to uh, jumpstart his academics. Because of course the two are usually tied. If you don't have good enough grades, you're not allowed to participate, or you know you'll be in 
encouraged not to participate because you need to focus on school. So he really picked it up. He, he was driven to, uh, to, to do band in, in college and wanted to go to a good school that had a good band and needed the great grades to do that. So this, these are the ancillary things that you're taking away from students and their learning. If it's really about the learning, different kids learn different ways. And it's really about our children. It's about their future. It's about their opportunities. Um, you know, Representative Topper has a bill out there that will uh, allow students uh, and parents to make the decision as to whether they want to repeat a year of high school if they believe as though they were denied an opportunity, either educationally or in athletics or in the band, uh, to recapture that experience so that they can have that going forward. Uh, you know, this, these are the decisions that people are forced to make. They either lose out on the opportunity, they lose out on the motivation, they lose out on their dreams, maybe some scholarship money, uh, or, you know, uh, f- one last chance to uh, perform for, you know, their, their, their friends and with their, their buddies and um, in, front of their, in front of their families. Um, imagine all the senior day celebrations we're going to miss out on if fall sports don't, don't, uh, don't, don't happen. So uh, very important that, uh, that this gets going and the PIAA will make a decision. And there's legislation to make sure that this can stay at the local level as well. Join us for another Pennsylvania Policy Podcast here on PA House Podcasts.